Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the second episode of Insights, Perspectives from the World of Data. So last week we spoke with Paul Brook, Director of Data Analytics and Artificial Intelligence at Dell Computers. This week we continue by speaking with Claire Sullivan, Machine Learning Engineer at GitHub. So Claire, is there anything particularly interesting that GitHub are working on at the moment? Machine learning on code is a, it's a very exciting area. It's been the subject of a lot of research, uh, recent papers, but we actually have access to almost a petabyte of data that is machine learning on code, understanding how developers code, and what, what kind of models we can train against that. So a lot of my work at GitHub has focused on things like um, looking for duplicate code or understanding who our users are and being able to provide them a better product based on knowing what their needs and their interests are and how the community is evolving. And so GitHub is, is uniquely positioned to be able to answer those type of questions. What can you tell us about the team that you work with at GitHub? So our machine learning team is 10 people from a very diverse set of skills. Um, we have people with PhDs, we have people with bachelor's degrees. We have people with degrees ranging from astrophysics, obviously there's a nuclear engineer, we've got engineering education, we even have a lawyer, um, somebody with a, a law degree who's taught himself a great deal. Um, so it's um, the machine learning team is then within the data org at GitHub, and I want to make a guesstimate that the data org is about 40 people. What sort of skills do you find are valued in your role? You know, the machine learning on code aspect, there's, there's so much to that. But I would say, you know, the first guess that we would take on something like machine learning on code would be natural language processing. Um, and we have people with PhDs in natural language processing. Um, and I think probably everybody on the machine learning team has touched that at one point or another. The whether it's the application of neural nets to that problem or even very simple but solid techniques like um, TF-IDF. We have people who are experts in deep learning and people who are experts in more traditional NLP methods. Um, it's not my area of expertise. I like to work more in graphs um, and machine learning on graphs. But it's the, the thing that I find really remarkable about this team is we do have a few uni unifying techniques, but the diversity of the team really lends to the strength of the team. So Claire, I understand that you started out as a nuclear engineer. Have you found that there's been any overlap between that role and what you do now as a data scientist? I actually started my career at Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico, and that was as a nuclear scientist. Um, it was that was 2002, so you're talking, you know, a year after 9/11, and 9/11 had a profound impact on me. Um, and I knew I had a lot of friends who went and joined the military as a result. Um, when you meet me, you'll get the uh, very clear impression that I'm not exactly built for military service. Um, so I, I wanted to do what I could for the world to make the world a safer place, um, working on things like nuclear emergency response. But the interesting thing about that was that I was working on math problems um, using techniques that are actually the basis of some deep learning today. 10 years doing that for Los Alamos and in the federal government, and then I spent another five years as a professor. Um, so yeah, the first 15 years of my career were spent as a nuclear scientist. 
And how exactly did you make that jump from nuclear engineering to data science? Um, I had been working as a professor at the University of Illinois in nuclear engineering, and um, that's a large research university, so you know lots of research dollars coming through. And I'd been working in basically the the combination of um, the Internet of Things with nuclear engineering, trying to make sense of huge networks of sensors to find the illicit movement of nuclear materials. And it occurred to me, okay, well, there's a lot of techniques here that I don't know. I was never trained in. I got my Ph.D. in 2002, and obviously computing was very different back then. So I went and um, decided I needed to get into some sort of rapid education program. I got into this boot camp um, called the Data Incubator. And, you know, a seven-week program, very intensive, to take people with degrees in things like physics and math and turn them into data scientists. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It really inspired me looking at all these people coming from these different backgrounds and applying the same skills, the math skills that I learned as a physicist could also apply in this really exciting and evolving world. And so I was teaching my students these things, and they were going off and getting jobs as data scientists and not nuclear engineers, and I was hearing from them. I thought, wow, they're having all the fun. So I, I started getting more involved uh, in the data science community rather than the nuclear community, and it just one thing led to another, and I got this wonderful offer from GitHub, and it was just impossible to say no to. And have you found that there's been a great deal of transferability of skills from your previous role to your current one? I do. Um, and it's, I'll use one of my past students as an example. He was, um, we were developing new radiation detectors, and um, there were these things that were little vials, and when radiation would hit them, they'd form bubbles in the vials. And so he was doing imaging to try and count these bubbles, and it just very naturally lent itself well to convolutional neural networks. And he wound up getting a job at Facebook. And so I don't know if there are any other nuclear engineers in Facebook. I know there are not at GitHub. Claire, you've no doubt had a very, very exciting career, having worked as a nuclear scientist, a professor of nuclear engineering, and now as a machine learning engineer. You must have gone through quite a few interviews. And my interviewing style within the scientific research world was very different than what was being expected of people going out into data science. So I'm sure this is much more um, familiar to perhaps your listeners or, or whatnot, the idea of going and whiteboarding, of being asked to live program with somebody watching over your shoulder, um, solve statistics problems at the board. And... Um, it was really eye-opening to see what my students were going to have to do. So when I got back to the university, I made it a point for all of our group meetings that we would have these timed exercises as a group and discuss the solutions afterwards. Um, and I, I'm embarrassed to admit that I was probably the worst person in the room at doing that. Um, but it really was, was an eye-opening thing to see how these interviews worked outside of the research world. I, I guess I learned it well enough to be able to get a job at GitHub. And what have you found is the most popular programming language? It's a rather auspicious question because some of my colleagues in machine learning um, have been working to use machine learning to develop better uh, programming language detection. Um, so we use, uh, right now, a language detector that's, you know, it looks at things like the extension of the files and whatnot. Um, and this model that my colleagues have developed is much more robust 
uh, to what's actually in the code. Um, so using a tool like that, we can start understanding how languages evolve. We can start seeing new languages cropping up and becoming more relevant. So, you know, if we were to roll back the clock a little bit, Python itself, you know, was an interesting scripting language 10 years ago. But then people realized, hey, this is a great language for doing this, you know, newfangled technology called machine learning and data science. And they started writing all these tools. So we saw an explosion in Python. Um, so if you rolled the clock back, you would see in our data that there wasn't a lot of Python going on. And then all of a sudden we had lots and lots of Python going on. And I think the thing that really solidified Python's role um, was when you had TensorFlow come on board onto GitHub. And every smart, everybody started using TensorFlow for their neural network work. Um, and so Python is now one of our top five languages today. So, so we can watch these languages grow and evolve, um, you know, and even potentially fade away. The first programming language I learned to program in was basic, not visual basic, but basic basic. Um, obviously not a lot of programming done there. After basic, I learned Fortran 77. Um, there's still work in Fortran 77 going on, but we don't see, for instance, we don't see students learning Fortran 77. So, you know, its heyday was a while back, and we can see all of that in our data. What sort of trends have you noticed in recent years in your role at GitHub? You're, you're going to see a lot of, you know, JavaScript. We put out this thing called the State of the Octaverse every year, and so you can kind of go through and watch uh, which languages are, are trending when and, and how they are growing or shrinking on our site. And, um, you know, the growth of TypeScript is probably one of the bigger growths going on right now, but um, I don't have quite the memorization that I should on these languages, but certainly you see, you know, JavaScript, Python, TypeScript, um, I think we're also, uh, if I remember correctly, seeing a good rise in Go. Um, obviously, Ruby on Rails will always be a very near and dear to us language because that's what all of GitHub is based on. So Rails is important to us. Um, At Analytics Engines, we talk a lot about the commonality of problems and how the problems experienced by one industry, despite maybe seeming worlds apart, aren't all that different from the problems being experienced by another. Is this something you noticed in your work with GitHub? Time series analysis, you know, this is very much used in FinTech. It has a complete analogy in some of the data that we collect in nuclear. We see, we, we were doing time series analysis on some of our data and our sensor networks, but then we are also getting down into the nitty gritty of the signatures, the nuclear signatures that we are looking for. And in fact, that, you know, one axis that we looked at was the energy of the particles, but but the data is identical to time series data. So the same math that applied to what we were doing in nuclear also can apply to FinTech or business analytics. Um, there's a lot of parallels there. So to close it off, Claire, is there any advice that you would offer to someone trying to start a career in data science? I would say the most important thing is perseverance. Um, when looking for a job, especially straight out of school, it's you know, you hear these horror stories of, oh, I submitted 500 applications to different companies. I got three interviews. If you can learn the perseverance through that, um, and you will find a job. You have to be very patient. You have to go through interviews, and they're not all going to go through. They're not all going to go well. Um, but every interview, you learn something new. So that perseverance that you learn through the interviewing process will stay with you your entire career. 
um, machine learning requires perseverance. You're going to try models, you're going to try hundreds of models, and they're not going to work, or they're not going to give you the results that you hope for. But stick with it, make, make educated decisions, but understand that 90% of those decisions are not going to work out, and just keep at it. And are you looking forward to visiting Belfast? I've never been to Ireland, and particularly Northern Ireland, before. I've been to many places in Europe. I'm, I'm kind of excited and curious to see what's going to happen, being that this visit is so close to Brexit. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this immensely. My husband's family is from Ireland, and I've heard so many wonderful things about it. It's going to be a really exciting trip. It was great speaking with Claire. Having started a career in nuclear engineering before becoming a machine learning engineer at GitHub, Claire's career trajectory is the perfect personification of this idea of the commonality of problems. It's clear that the problems experienced by one industry aren't really all that different from the problems experienced by others. If you'd like to find out more about Claire, be sure to come along to her talk at Big Data Belfast 2019 on Thursday the 24th of October at the ICC Belfast. Big Data Belfast 2019 is presented by Analytics Engines and supported by headline sponsors EY, supporting sponsors Dell, CME Group, Allstate Northern Ireland, Smashfly, SpotX and Ultra Executives, and industry sponsors Invest Northern Ireland and Signified. If you want to get tickets, be sure to visit bigdatabelfast.com. Until next time, goodbye.